Hi, I'm Greg Gavazia. And I'm Luke Phillips. And this is the Semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers, for truckers. So how was your week? Oh, my week was good. Yeah, my Monday morning in Warrenville instead of Atchison, so that was a little different. Got that off and went up to St. Paul country, actually. I hadn't been up there in a while. And grabbed a load and went to a feedlot down by Picture Butte. Did you have a load on then to start the week? Yeah, yeah. So Like I, you um, kept on over the weekend? Yeah. My uh, my load that I load Friday night, I keep over the weekend. And then I unload Monday morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I got a feedlot load out of St. Paul and went down there. And then ran into some moisture issues. So instead of being an hour to unload, I didn't get out of there till noon or something like that. Oh, it wasn't that bad, but. It was like four hours I was at the lot. It was one of those mornings, you know, you ever just, you wake up with these, you know, you set your alarm, so you're going to be the first one there. And I just woke up and there was something that was like, you know what, fuck it. I went and had a shower, like showed up five minutes after they opened instead of half an hour before. Yeah. And then, yeah, too high in moisture, so they had to test. And then the, the guy who the load was through came out and got a sample and did all that. And then I went and got a split load of seeds. It was four different types of seeds from two different seed suppliers. It was another one of those great minimum loads because I had like the one place I picked up 18, 1800 kg and the other place was like 9,000 kg. So like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Just time consuming, right? Just took that out. That got me up to Saskatchewan and then, uh, yeah, bounced around Saskatchewan, did some fertilizer. Kind of all melts together once I get out there. Yeah. Start doing short runs. like, And I've noticed that's working really good on the Ewog. It's doing all this like hour drive, 15 minutes to unload, and then an hour drive, and half an hour wait, and then 15 minute load. Like, works out all right and keeps the guy's income up because, like, that's my biggest worry about e-logs is now our income's going to suffer. But uh, don't need to go down that road. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I had a good week. Tire problems. I always got the tire problems, but what do you do? The trailer tire problems? No, no, they're all mine. They're all on my truck for my problem. After uh, that whole thing about Michelin tires and. Right? So yeah, so just just after it's now on recording that I would never put recaps on my truck. I went and put a recap on my truck. And uh, so I had sidewall, like a finger separation in the sidewall originally. Yeah. And this tire still had 70% on it. But it had that separation. It wasn't big, but I was paranoid. Tire comes off, fucks my fender. Exactly like I've talked about with recaps, right? Yeah. So I go and I get that switched out. But thinking about the bottom line and ha- haven't had good luck i put a i put a recap on but it was on a steer tire casing so i thought if i'm gonna do this at least i've got the best chance right yeah Twenty thousand k later i got it's not as big but i got finger separation again so whatever i'm gonna run it until it comes apart and i'll buy a new fender just so <laughs> i'm over being at the tire shop <laughs> but uh i got to go to the tire shop tomorrow because i got a nail on my other tire i the one of the places i loaded on friday like i had a I had a good week. Like my week went well. I I went to went to BC, unloaded, reloaded, came back, stayed at home for a night. So it was like Monday, Tuesday. Then back to BC, uh, unloaded a piece, reloaded, unloaded, reloaded, and went to the coast. Well, so I was like, did a bunch of stuff in the Okanagan, and uh, probably enjoying beautiful weather. Yeah, it was. I was actually yeah. it was pretty nice. I rolled down to the coast and unloaded a couple pieces and was picking up other stuff to go. So one of the pieces I picked up in the Okanagan was going back to Calgary. And then I picked up uh, some stuff to go to Saskatoon at this aluminum place where they extrude they extrude steps and stuff. 
So it built steps for like Western Star and different manufacturers, which is kind of interesting. When you're talking about tires, this is what tipped yeah. me off on it. Yeah. Outside of, so right where I had to turn and park so he could load this stuff on my kick, there's all these little like dime sized pieces from the extruding and there were screws and stuff. I didn't see it until I like drove all over all of them. I, I looked, I checked my tires over and I'm going to say it, I'm sure I didn't get anything in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah show up on Monday and you get two flats. So, I mean, I ran all the way back and I haven't seen anything yet. So I'm oh, pretty sure good I'm good, but yeah. on yeah. all the steel yards and stuff I've been in and, and that I know I'm always watching. And this time I was just, it's pavement. I didn't even notice them and they're just all over the place. So now here's an idea because you frequent places like that doing, doing deck work. You remember the old shunt trucks that had the magnet bars hanging off the front bumper? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they had a, a width from the outside of their steer to the outside of the other steer of a magnet that hung two, three inches off the ground. I wonder if you could have something on your bumper that you just, like a, almost like a bumper flip, but could, reversed. So it just sweet. comes down, picks all the <laughs> shit up. No tire, no flat tire problems. Could work. Yeah, maybe. It wouldn't have to even have to be a full width bar, really. I, I was just thinking we used to we used to run strips of mud flap on, on the log truck. Yep. Extra strips, like in three or four places underneath. I actually had it on my W9 too, because when I was hauling mats and, and sand and being in, and being in the, Yeah, and so kept the rocks from kicking up and hitting your frame and and, and your drums and everything. So I mean, yeah. and, and you'd just hang them, you know, a few inches off the ground and then you'd have, like your flap would be a couple inches off the ground and then the flap itself would be a, you know, 10 inch. Okay. And it would go full width. Oh yeah, yeah. And sometimes we just use a, a, a piece of rubber. If you had a piece of magnet across a strip across the bottom of that. See, there you go. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we're on something. Could be. We have to edit that out so no one steals the idea. Yeah, right? Fuck, patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even so many ways a guy can try and minimize that shit. Just in general, there's so many ways that you get wear and tear, right? Like gravel kicking up and hitting your tanks. Well, now you're like my truck with a million two on it. Sandblasted. Blasted. Yeah. Like I'm looking at buying your rims because even my rims from having that sand in the lip, mm -hmm. but it wasn't smooth like grid road sand. It was because this truck hauled mats and shit too, right? Yeah. So it had a rough life for a bit. But I found out, I was talking to another buddy that's a peat nut, and he said that you can't get the oval hole Peterbilt rims anymore. You can only get the round hole. Really? Yeah. There's got to be a place. Well, even if, still, if that's true and there is a place, they're going to be for gold now. Because I was planning on switching mine and then to round holes just because I like round hole Alcoas. Yeah. And then running these ones in the winter. But if they're actually worth something. Yeah, maybe I'll just clean the shit out of them. And my truck looks like a ranch truck, and it's gonna look like a ranch truck for a while. <laughs> Put money in the bank. That's I didn't, I hadn't heard that. Maybe Alcoa stopped stamping them because people stop, or you know, people stop specking them at Pete. Who knows? I mean, yeah, or they just it was like a almost like a glider how they interrupt the flow in the factory, right? Like apparently that's why Peterbilt doesn't make gliders anymore. Apparently. I don't know if there's any truth to it. I just heard it at the truck stop the other day that Peterbilt doesn't make gliders anymore because it interrupts their the flow. Yeah. Yeah. It interrupts the flow of the assembly line because they've got to put it in there and then they got to remove it when it comes to the motor and the rear end and shit like that. Yeah. When we talked about, I can't even say we talked about it because it, and of course there's no record of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, for the record, somebody didn't hit record and we talked for two hours. Yes, so. with no, it, 
Which was really great stuff. It was really good stuff. And then, yeah, two hours in, I looked down, and he didn't actually hit record. So, Yeah, so as a, as a podcast producer, I'm a great truck driver. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And I haven't figured out what I am. Yeah. <laughs> you're a great truck driver. I don't even know if I go great. I mean, <laughs> you don't think your ranking is great? No, no. I mean, it took me four tries to back up in a straight line the other day. Yeah, you make a good point there. So, right? I don't think I'm that good. We all have days where we're great or not great. My dad used to say that if anybody tell any trucker who tells you that he never misses a gear, either doesn't drive a truck or is a full face liar. Yeah, or these days drives an automatic. Yeah, there is that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still remember coming into the city when we, I hadn't got my license yet, and they were bringing, the, we were bringing the Mac in, and it was the only Mac they had at the time, and it had an 18-speed Mac in it, which I didn't realize was actually a fairly tough transmission to shift compared to a regular 18. So, anyways, Dad lets me drive. It's a body job, uh, 427 uh, CH Mac CH 92, 93. So we take off. I get it up to speed, throw the cruise control on, drive it in. Not a big deal. Driven lots of body jobs, right? Yeah. And it's not loaded. Oh, it's fine then. Get into Spruce Grove, try downshift. I made the first one. Couldn't hit the second one or third. A triple counter shaft. Have you ever driven a Mac 18? No, I haven't. So the, the, the original ones, the shift actuator had a hard time. They were a kind of a heavy shifting transmission because they're a triple counter shaft, right? They're bulletproof tranny. They would be, yep. But they're they shift differently. And I couldn't find a gear in the box. Then my mom's following us because we gotta drop this truck off, right? So I almost come to a stop at a green light. Because <laughs> of course it was red. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to downshift, trying to downshift, then I hit the brakes, and then I go cut thunk in yeah. the gear and we start going again and, and it's then old it, max you get the cloud of black smoke right yeah so then we get up to the next light and it turns red and i so finally dad's just shaking his head he says just pull over i'll <laughs> just, drive just pull over i'll drive <laughs> oh, yeah oh uh, doesn't that make you feel great yeah i mean i thought at that point like up till there my day was just going swimmingly and i was god's gift to truck driving until i wasn't yeah yeah no that happens um and you gotta be conscious that it's gonna happen yeah you just got, got other days where it's just everything is out of your control. Like uh, my Friday there was a prime example. Everything just went to hell. So I got to Saskatoon at a reasonable time. Like I started my day at 7 a.m. that day. And I was in Saskatoon at like 10 to 9. And I was like, no, I've had enough. I'll get up at 3 a.m. and finish my day. But I'm, I'm hitting the reset because I'm just in a bad mood. Don't want to do this. And that's when stuff happens, right? Oh, totally. You know, you stop thinking about your fuel consumption and stop this or stop that. And yeah, it's easy to eat up your profits when you're on a profit mindset. Yeah. There's a thing when we're talking about, uh, we were talking about fuel economy before, and I was talking about these different guys and, and how they've, they've done almost 10 and that, you know, I'm, I'm up in the upper sixes for my average, my running average. And, and I'm still not doing everything I could. Like I'm not going as easy on the throttle as I could. All these, you know, there's there's more techniques to it, right? It's just like you're saying, you got really good mileage when your your injectors were going because you're taking it easy and not pulling more than thirty pounds boost on your twin turbo. Yeah, that can make seventy all day long. Yeah, so it's yeah, and all of a sudden, whoa, look, the mileage is there. But yeah, six point nine with a little set of supervs. Yeah, so it's really, but it's really hard to do that all day every day because yeah, I couldn't. 
and so that's the games that guys are playing to get drivers engaged with not games they're playing, but to get guys engaged, they're driving an automatic. It's, you know, there's a thing up there called pedal coach. It's actually pretty interesting. And so it watches you and does your route and keeps track of all the conditions. And this is what I understand of it. I've just been on their website a couple of times. I'm thinking about maybe putting it into my, um, into my, what do you call it? Tablet. Oh yeah. So that I have it on there. I might try it. So anyways, it, it it tells you when you're going to get really good mileage for that because it's hooked to the ECM as well. Oh, okay. So it's kind of telling you. Like a hey. live feed? Yeah. So it's like, hey, take her a little easier there. And then it tells you when you're doing well. And so if you're a truck in an automatic, you don't have to think about shifting. But now rather than just putting it on cruise and letting it go, because lots of times, especially loaded, cruise control get you worse mileage than you'll ever do on your own. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it can't tell that there's a hill coming. So as soon as it drops below, it gives her gives her 100%, right? Let's yeah. her eat. Whereas when you're driving with your foot feed, you, well, there's a hill a half a kilometer ahead and I'm going down right now, so I won't jake as long. And, yeah, yeah, coast. Yeah. And when you and, and you know that when you're getting almost to the top of the hill, you can lift because yeah, you don't you're going get, over. Right? And that's what lots of these guys, like you see racing their e-logs all the time, right? And they're stressed out because they got three minutes. You know, they it's not going to make or break you. What fact of the matter is, Pulling over is 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Even just stopping for a leak and you're only out of the truck for 30 seconds, from the time you start slowing down to the time you're back up to speed, you've lost 15 minutes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right? But so the sooner the guys accept that, that stuff's going to take time, you know, shippers are going to take time, fuel pumps are going to take time, a guy's got to eat, a guy's got to use the bathroom, right? Just don't worry about it. Just work it into your day. But if you're planning it down in a minute, you're always rushing. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your truck. It's not good for anybody else on the road. You're just it's not good for anybody. It and those those minutes are not what's making you extra money. It's what you keep in your pocket and and what you do for fuel economy. Or years ago when I had log trucks, I we were going we'd go down the up up to the Virginia Hills Road. Yep. And then down the Goose, or not sorry, uh, down the Virginia Hills. And then down the goose main, like Miller's goose. Oh yes. So at twenty seven on the Virginia Hills, and then back in there. And so we were going back there across the Mequa, like so we were a long ways back. And I had this truck N fourteen four fifty sixes, so it wasn't really geared to do one hundred and ten anyways. Like you could, but it was running at like seventeen. Yeah, seventeen change. You're in all your power band there. Yeah. I mean, it, it pulls good there. It does yeah. everything well there. Don't but, worry, go but down. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that truck would rev out to 22, 23, which is weird. I know. Anyways, it had some things done to it. Oh, yeah. It would have to. It ran, it ran really well. We'll just say that. It was warm. Yeah. So I, I was driving, and I was, we did that for a week or so. And I was listening to a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different things on the radio about trucking at the time and, and I started listening to some stuff about fuel economy and they were talking about how to go, you know, five miles an hour is quite this many miles per gallon, blah, blah, blah. So I thought I'm going to do an experiment. So I decided not to do 110 on the highway. I was going to do hundred. So I had timed the last days of the week before we were doing three trips a day. So I timed every trip at 110, 110 both ways. What did it take me on just the highway section? And then the next week I started at hundred and that's all I did all week was hundred to, to the end of the Virginia Hills Road, and then turned in. So less than two minutes. See, and that's over Virginia Hills Road from White Court is 50. 
50k two minutes over 50k so four minutes over 100 yeah four minutes an hour for well and it was less than two it was like a minute and 33 seconds minute 40 seconds so call it three minutes for an hour for 10k yeah it's not worth it three minutes three times a day 12 minutes yeah on a 10k or, hour sorry difference. 10 minutes but yeah, yeah. On, a, on a 10k an hour difference so you're saving yourself five percent at least on your tires and your drivetrain wear yeah and then it was it was saving me well i figured it out right away it's like wow okay i'm 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 actually doing 50 to 75 liters less a day holy shit couldn't believe how big of a difference was and after that it's like okay feels a buck yeah it's almost a hundred dollars a day my truck's double shift told my guy okay you're only going 100. i was like well really i said hey this is my this how i want to pay you on fuel bonuses if anything that you can save but more than this i'll give you half i bet you he's slow right now well some of my guys did some didn't but <laughs> anyways it's but slowing that down there's a hundred and something a day right yeah and even if you give half of his half to him it's still money you never had in your pocket yeah, 50 bucks 50 bucks right yeah and yeah. so yeah had a guy fly by me and he's like oh sorry man i didn't mean to scoop you on i'll pull back i said no no just give her yeah. oh why are you driving so slow so no, I'm just going 100. That's all I do now. Well, you can't do that. You lose less. I said, no, I said, it's less than two minutes difference. I said, kick your crease back up to 110. I said, and time me when I turn onto the road. I said, I'll give you an honest run. Yeah. And I said, I'll be right behind you at the loader. Yeah. Like, so that might be a difference is if you've got to wait at the loader then. But still, I mean. We both had to wait. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I got there. You know, line and, up either way. Well, yeah, and what I found is in the bush on the bush road, I'd do like you're saying, I'd coast a little more on the downhill. Yeah. Maybe I picked up a little extra speed in the bush, but only where I could. Yeah. And not pulling any harder. I want like the gauge I look at the most in my truck is my boost. Yeah. Right. I just drive off the boost, try and keep. I got got a number that I like to keep it under, which is well under what it can do. But yeah, unless somebody pisses me off, then here we go. But. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get around that van hauler. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I, I keep my, I try to keep my boost low and, and just look at it that way. Like if you watch those little things, it keeps your. Exactly. Like a mile per gallon is like $10,000 a year or something like that. Yeah. Right. So it adds up in a hurry and 10,000 bucks. Like I'd gladly take that. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's found money. Yeah. You didn't have to go. Do any more sales. You didn't have to run any more miles. It's smart money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I see guys like that all the time. I know one one fellow who's got a 70, 75 mile an hour geared truck. He does that everywhere. I'm like, oh, well, it's geared for it. Okay, so like, okay, drop a half a gear and see how the difference in your tires and your fuel, even if your fuel stays the same because that's how you're geared. Yeah. Then the rest of the wear will go down. Like my truck, its happy spot is either... 88 or 107 yeah so that's what i do right all these guys oh you should go 95 well i wouldn't really really would not help me like it would help on the tires and stuff but i'm gonna be running my truck where it's not happy and doesn't doesn't like to sit there sometimes it's where they're broken and sometimes it's just where yeah because what are your gears 391 and tall 24s yeah 24 fives yeah so you're what it's 107 15 yeah. 15, 15, 50, right in there. Yeah. 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 Cause we had some, we had some twin turbos that used to like to run in the 1300. Yeah. And see, I tried that one. It's not, you know, it, it just doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't like anything below 14. 
anything below that, it just my boost gauge spikes way up, my pyro goes up, and it's just I don't know what it is. Every truck's different. Oh yeah. And I don't know, like this truck spent a lot of time recently going down the highway before I got it. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if that's where he ran it. It could very well be because a lot of it has to do with that. I, we had um, we had a whole bunch of trucks and worked for my dad, and they were all identical. A lot of the trucks ran twenty four seven, so you'd give them to a pair of people, and they would run them a certain way. And uh, some of the guys would never take the truck over fifteen hundred. Over. Never go over fifteen hundred. Well, and motors. And then other guys cats. But then there's other trucks that were ran. You could tell. And I used to. I used to get to jump into everything. And, and the trucks that never went over 1500, you go to like grab a downshift and snap the throttle, it would almost hit a wall at like 1550. And t- you could see, like, you could tell the tack would move slower just because it was not bearings broken that way or something. Just not used to running up there. Like the, the valve train and everything just didn't run as freely, right? Yeah. And then those trucks that were never pulled low, same thing as yours, you get to like 13 and you hear that <coughs> yeah. shift. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mine, um, knowing the guy that I bought it off of and how he drives, he shares the same theory as me. Like anything under that 14, 13, you're putting a lot of torque on those main bearings at that point. See, and, and that's where I think I was telling you before with that, that motor in specifically, like the MXS and I think to a lesser extent, the, what was the next one? There's the MXS and the, is BXS the next one or the previous? Anyways. Doesn't matter. No, the I, twin turbo, the twin turbo cat, yeah. twin turbo Acer cat has the strongest bottom end of any cat motor. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, best bottom end because they they engineered it to run at low RPM to make more. It, the 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 whole concept behind the turbo was to go no EGR, right? Yeah. The twin turbo, and so it was to run more heat, which was to so that's why they would gear a lot of those trucks lower to run at lower RPM was to make more heat to burn off the excess exhaust gas, and so. They are stouter on the bottom end, and so, and and I know I know all this just because of when we got our first ones. I actually called the cat guys and said like, "What? Where do you run?" Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, yeah we've got this one, and it had like three sevens. And uh, anyways, so I just asked them, "How do you break it?" And they said, "Well, run it up to the red line, run it to the governor, and pull it to nine. Yeah, and all over anywhere in between." I said, "Really, like." I said, where's the sweet spot? They said, it should run. You can have it at cruising RPM. can be 1,300 to 1,550. Yeah. Anything over that, it's not going to like it. Anything below that for cruising RPM is too low. Yeah. But you can pull it lower. And so that's what I did. That that truck, when it was broken, it would rev freely, and it also pulled down low. Huh. Yeah, that's, it, it is all what they get used to. Like, everybody says trucks don't have feelings or personality. <laughs> totally they, they do i mean maybe not personality but they definitely get used to things right like my truck it's funny you say that because i didn't know that uh about the sweet spot because when i'm like the other day i was coming on a moose jaw and there's like 63 kilometer an hour wind with 90 kilometer an hour gusts so i ran a half a year lower at so i was cruising down the road like 16 just because yeah. it's working um so maybe i'll try that next time i'll just let it do its thing yeah let it go and they they're fine with it like they're they're engineered for it right so and the, the other thing i didn't know that the guy told me he's like you can feel free to he's like you can jake it up to 23. yeah see we talked about that um it seems crazy yeah i think that was on our on our last podcast don't yeah. want to double stuff but 
Um, like I still keep mine below 1800 because I have that implant when I broke that exhaust rocker going through my head. So I just don't. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've run lots of those blocks way higher than that. Yeah. Way higher than that. Again, it just, the, your no. outlook changes on stuff when it's your. Oh, totally. I wouldn't have known where to run this Detroit without talking to a few people too. And mine, this, the, the programming in the, in the DD 16 depends on the programming you have as well. And then it runs different than the DD 15, like the DD 15 that they put behind uh, or in front of all the automatics yeah. is oftentimes uh, set up to run way lower, like set up to run around cruising at 1200, 1100. Holy shit. Yeah. Just real low RPM, right? That just wouldn't feel right for me. Like to me, I just felt like I would be right, feel right. My feel truck getting used to. Yeah, and my truck sits nice at fourteen fifty. Like it. See, that seems a little more reasonable. Like if it's gonna pull that low, I don't like running down the road at the bottom because then as soon as you do anything, you know, I've got to gear down and get over the white line. Fuck sakes. <laughs> I call that. I, I used to call that droop when I would when I'd spec trucks at Mac and. I, I talked to some of the engineers there about it. They would spec an 80,000 pound truck to run it, you know, 1300 RPM. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the, the torque curve on that engine makes sense because the torque curve would run, um, it, it actually peaked at a thousand and went up. And, and uh, so what I, I would, why I would run it and what I say about droop is if the top of the torque curve and the horsepower curve are like 1500, 1400, if you run your truck to pull super bees there, then you have all that yeah. below there before you have to shift, right? Yeah, that's just it. When I was running a push truck, I was told to, to run at the top end. Like, not the top end. So that truck, the top end was like 19. And the bottom was 14, so I ran at 17, right? So there's a little bit. You got Jake power and you got power power. Yeah. You know, you talked about the before here, say, when we were talking about actually talking to people on the road, like phoning people up and passing our days that way. Yeah. And you were saying how much you talk to your dad. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like three hours a day easily. Yeah. Yeah. I got a really good relationship with my dad. I'm really lucky that way. Uh, he was the best man at my wedding. He's honestly my best friend. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to have that. And it's funny because he was honestly one of the most, the biggest naysayer about me going on my own because he did it, but he did it when shit was tough. Yeah. Know, in the 80s and 90s and he's straight up said i'm fuck made more money in my first three months than he did in his first three years and it's it's sad that yeah it's that it's that bad but uh yeah that's I mean, it is getting better as hard as it is to say that when we're sitting here living it but apparently <laughs> it's getting better like your dad my dad i have the same i have the same type of relationship like i mean we talk all the time and he and he's not a talker either and so for us to have conversations, because he always bugs me about how long I talk to my mom on the phone. Be like, yeah, Yo, you guys talk for like an hour. Like, Dad, we've been on the phone for 52 minutes. Well, I guess I better hang up then. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't want to be. But it, it's it's cool to be able to have that perspective of, oh, yeah. it, like, your dad was around when, when things were totally different and, and it was really tough. And, and same with, like, my dad, my grandpa, like, my grandpa's not around anymore, has been around since the early 80s, but they lived that whole. Yeah, everything that, the history that made it what it is today. Yeah, and they drove those old trucks and they, you know, there's just, it's so, it it's cool and it gives you, it does, it gives you a different perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's the funny thing. Um, 
like you and I have talked about doing an old truck tour, right? Touring around looking at old trucks. And uh, the reason I say my dad wouldn't be on board is because he ran all those old trucks. Like, he yeah. has no interest in them, <laughs> right? Like, they're all nice and beautiful and restored, but now, but that's how he remembers them when he was driving them because they were new. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, he, you know, he remembers sleeping across the seats and the bush roads or even in the truck stops and, and stuff like that. And it's... It's crazy how things have changed, right? Like, totally. I, I'm going down the road with over a 70-inch bunk, which was not a thing back then at all. Flip down a piece of plywood that's on chains from your roof. That's your bed. <laughs> totally. Even when I started, we didn't have a lot of sleepers. We had 48s. I mean, there were lots of guys out there who had the 60. I think the 63 was still the biggest one you could get in a peed. And honestly, I think it, it still is, but they changed how they're measuring it. Well, isn't yours got the window though? Isn't yours like what used to be the 72, but now it's a 78 or something? Yeah, that's probably what it is. Because mine is, it's the big one. It's yeah. the Peterbilt equivalent to the studio. Yeah. So it's got this, those sliding windows and I've got the, the bigger bed. Yeah. It's not a queen by any means, but <laughs> I don't know why they went away with, uh, you remember the older Pete sleepers that were the dual? So they had that escape door. Like when you looked at them on the side, they had the jockey box door and then had the other door and those ones actually had like a kitchen table and, and seating mm. right but then mm -hmm. that folded down and a queen size bed came down from the wall and it was like from seat to the back of your bunk was all bed but it was, <laughs> it was a queen size bed i've only seen one of them and i thought about you know the guy always thinks about because gotten it truck geek right well i could just take that off that truck put it on my truck but then that was different then they had like the low hole calves they didn't have the unibuilt and and all stuff like that. Guess what you can get in the Western store. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> yep. I wish my truck actually had that because they're the only one that actually has a dinette. And then you don't have to make that into your bed. You yeah. just fold the table up to the bottom of the bed and bring the bed down and it's there. So you can leave your bed made. See, that would be dandy. Even like Kenworth with the studios, how they've got the couch that turns into a bed. That's not comfortable. Anybody that has one of those bunks that I know anyway, sleeps on the top bunk. Yeah. Because the couch is not a bed. It's a couch. Even the, like the Volvo, I know most, not most people, some people love Volvos. Okay. I'm not. Who, who doesn't? What? <laughs> there's people, there, there is actually those types there's of people. There's people. There's people that love Volvos. Oh boy. I got to rethink my whole outlook now. Yeah. Dad and I had a discussion about Volvos once and I, and well, we've had more than one because they've owned a bunch and, and actually, uh, full disclosure, nice truck to drive. Doesn't feel like a truck, though. That's my issue with it. I drove one, and it was a brand-new tandem gravel truck. And I drove it from Summit, actually, yep. to Villeneuve. And it was an automatic. And I remember putting my foot into it to come across the Atchison set of lights. And it shifted so hard and put so much torque to it that I actually, like, I hopped across. Chirped tires. What's going on here? That is the only experience, other than driving one around the yard, one of those big shack ones. Yeah. And all I can say from driving around the yard is, why did they put the shifter behind the seat? Oh, oh yeah. Right? It's like here. you got to reach next to you instead of up here. Yeah. It's, it's like and, a cab over. Yeah, and such a short little throw, right? I, so I could never get on board because, yeah, <laughs> I drove it around the yard, and exactly like you said, it doesn't feel like a truck. The gauges don't look like a truck. The gauges actually remind me of a Kubota tractor. 
the gauge cluster reminds me of a Kubota track. <laughs> yeah. I guess you don't uh, have to worry about ever getting a sponsor from Volvo after that one, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't, I, I don't think so. Yes, I actually, I, I like the way they drive, and they have a nice layout in the bunk. There's tons of room, but when you do their dinette set, same thing. Guys are sleeping on the top bunk because too much of a pain in the ass to make the bottom one up, and so there needs to be a better. I, nobody nobody does a perfect bunk and i i guess it's because there's no perfect solution that fits you that fits me that fits everybody so they yeah. try to kind of couch it the way what i wish you could do is like you order uh when you order an rv you order a 24 you, you want to buy a 24 foot trailer from the same manufacturer there's eight different floor plans or at least in 24 foot of that manufacturer in that style trailer yeah, and like the only option you get on a big truck is do you want cabinets or do you want bed? <laughs> right? So that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, do you want your bunk? Do you want like... Yeah. I think Peterbilt has it figured out the, the most. This being said, I have only drove Kenworth and Peterbilt. <laughs> I'm spoiled that way. And they've got... Uh, so out of the two, Peterbilt has the best, in my opinion. I drove... It was a 62 mid-roof Kenworth. And there's nowhere, there's no table in the back. There's nothing even to use as a table in the back. Whereas Peter Galt has that slide out on the swamper side, which is where I eat my dinner every night. Your top drawer slides out. It's got a, a top on it, which is a good, right? And I noticed on your YouTube review of your truck um, that, I, yeah, like I watched that review and I would honestly be going looking at a Western Star for a new truck if I was going to buy a new truck. Yeah. I like the wooden cabinets and I like that slide up for the table. Um, Kenworth, they're new, like the 880, which I, I the, the styling I'm not crazy about. The interior of it is is pretty well planned out. I'm, I'm hoping to get one to actually do a test on, same thing, to do a review so on. So the 880 or the 990? Both have the same sleeper. I would take either one just to try the interior side of it out. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather try out a 990 to I see how they handle yeah, I've seen a couple of them pulling grain trains down in southern Saskatchewan, and you can make those trucks look good. Not like an international, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. There needs to be, short of going to an ARI sleeper, there needs to be something. I'd love to see a manufacturer come out and say, hey, okay, you're ordering your truck. Because at Mac, so inspecting a truck at Mac, we had the option of, like you say, cabinets. You can have lowers, or you can have a lower with different type of upper. Yeah. So you had like the option of a microwave uh, compartment or just cabinets. And then on the other side, you had option of no, you could have no fridge. You could have a cabinet, you could have just cabinets and no fridge and no microwave if you wanted on the new one, on the Anthem. Or you could have just lower cabinets. Okay. See, and, and the Anthem in general, I just can't get on board with. No, I actually, is. It's maybe my second, if, if we're going aero, if, like say aerodynamic trucks. Yeah. So if we're going to, if you're going to rank, like, I mean, it's easy to rank old school trucks. Oh yeah. It's People either yeah. go, you know, you're either a peak guy or you're a double nine guy. Yeah. Well, or you're a low max guy, but they're few and far between. Yeah. And I, I like the star. I'm still a W9 guy and I'm different than most W9s are like W9L. Oh, I'm, I I'm a B guy. You. I agree if it's flat, you. it looks... Yes, I agree 100%. Um, I miss my W9B. Also the first new truck I ever drove, so that's probably it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't... 
I don't understand why these nobody's figured it out. Like, I think that somebody, whoever is designing the next series of bunks for whatever trucking company it is, should have to like do their their mock up or whatever their test unit, and then go spend a week in it and see. You know, like when I was surfing Kijiji, I seen it in a Peterbilt. I don't know if it was a stock option or what, but had a, a pull out drawer like I was saying. And then it had like a drop in for a bowl, just the stainless steel bowl yep. to wash your hands, brush your teeth, right? How how nice would that be? Because I don't know about you, but in the wintertime, brushing your teeth outside is kind of cold. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's some little things that would just be so nice. like Yeah. And they would change, make things so much easier. We've done a lot of overlanding. And so overland camping is, you know, kind of basic camping, but being able to go off-road and take your stuff with you. So... Overland community has done a lot of really neat camper type things that, and they borrowed some tech from, which is old tech from like the old Westphalia vans. Oh yeah. Which geez, I forgot about those. Like those vans, if you look at how they were camperized in the like seventies, eighties, even nineties, they were really pretty well laid out. If you compare one of those to like, what, what are they using now for those camp, the Sprinter? Yeah. They're pretty much the same. Just Sprinter has more headroom. Mm-hmm. right that's that's about it yeah and they can they figured out all that stuff into a compact little package and but they've got water on board they've got cooking facility i would i would hazard a guess to say there's as much room in a bunk like my size bunk as there is in one of those just a little different layout yeah see i think it comes down to weight like as, as far as water and stuff like that if we were allowed a little more leniency on our weight, then things will change. Well, but our roads are already so shitty, I don't know how we can well, you're, we fix that. You're allowed the extra for an APU in the States yard. Hmm. There's an allowance over and above 80,000 for an APU. Well, shit. Because it's anti-idle. Yep. Did you put an APU on your truck? No, I have a prep kit for it. Have you ever priced out an APU? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought... I was on board with the idea when I bought my truck. I was like, oh, yeah, APU, save me lots of money. Yeah, no. If I was buying a brand new truck, that'd be one thing, right? Where you go keeping the hours off of it or stuff, or if I was running south. But I'll let the old kitty just purr away. That's fine. I was I was going to, and I just, I had a number. Yep. And, and I hit the number. I hit the number before I hit APU. Yeah. And then... As I did with a few other trucks, I bought a few new trucks. And as I did with a few other ones, I'll put it on down the road, six, eight months. You're I'm right. going to guess that this truck will never have an APU on it. Yeah. When I <laughs> did the deal on my truck with my body, he had a nice grill sitting there. And I, the grill is it's still sitting there in a the shop. The rivet gun's sitting right next to it. But the night that we were finishing up the truck, it was already two in the morning and the grill hadn't been put in. And I was like, you know what? whatever it can stay there and like every weekend him and i are like oh well, you know I'll, co- I'll come out to your shop we'll do some stuff and then he runs his own truck too and you know he ends up going out doing he does lots of ag stuff so it's last minute right but yeah no one day maybe or they'll sit there on the floor forever till it's an antique and worth 500 bucks or or the other thing that happens to me and i do this on vehicles is i have the thing i'm gonna put it on gonna put it on gonna put it on and then I put it on about a week or two before I sell it. And I do all the things that I always really wanted to do to it because I need to make it look good to sell it. 
Or traded in. Yeah, and then you see it driving away, and you're like, oh, man. Maybe I should have just kept it. It looks so good now. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing I want to get involved in with a truck. I, it's a bad, like, I end up on Kijiji way too much, right? Just surfing. Still looking at trucks. Yeah, just surfing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah, cab overs. I just, I don't know why. I'm always looking at cab overs. Yeah, you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> Western stars and cab overs, eh? Yeah, right? <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. There, there's something cool about them. I, I know I wouldn't like living with one for. To pull a holiday trailer around, you know, a couple times a year, definitely would be cool. But to work one, not a chance. I think I'd like to have one just as kind of a hot rod. I, you know, you know which ones actually. I always thought when I was a kid, I thought they're ugliest in, and now they've grown on me because I've seen a few that were rotted. Mm. Is the old Transtar Internationals? Single headlights, and the kind of the cab kind of gets narrower at the top. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those rotted yet. I've just seen them with tandem grain boxes behind <laughs> them, looking like internationals. <laughs> I saw one bagged, uh, bright red with eight-inch stacks on it. Wow! And like a two-seventy wheelbase. Actually, it was probably only two forty-four because the cab over it looks like it's yeah, it looks like it's long. Yeah, yeah, but it looked so cool, man. Like it just had a really neat profile. I like the way cabovers look in front of grain trains. There's one guy that runs with us that runs an old Freightliner cabover. And it's funny because he's probably like six, over six feet tall, big boy. And then he's got like a Great Dane mix that rides around with him. And you see them pile out of this cabover. It's like, boy, what are you doing? At least it's not a big step for him. Yeah, right? Literally. His dog can jump in and out. So I went to the doctor the other day talking about being on the road and <laughs> stuff like this. And, uh, I knew I was like horrible for drinking water, right? But uh, I finally got right from the doctor, like, hey, smart in the fuck. So uh, three liters of water a day is apparently what a, a human needs. That is just ridiculous for trucking. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, like, if you've got any tips for remembering to drink water or dealing with drinking water or stuff on the road, but like, I've struggled with that since I started trucking. Because, like we were saying earlier, it's 15 minutes like, to pull over time you slow down pull over and then get going again it's 15 minutes yeah but when it's literally taking a toll on your health how long have you been doing the up intake for like this is week number just finished week number one okay it gets better okay because what when i did it is when i quit you yeah yeah and see that's exactly i'm trying to quit chewing and that's I what I, something that's right? so that's where i that's and that's what i did yeah. that's what worked for me and i mean i went back to the states i never had the the least bit of inkling to go buy it even though it's because i remember me saying oh yeah it's cheap enough down there i'd probably be didn't even think about See, it that's why i started like i quit and then i started running down south like two weeks after i quit and i'm like well three bucks it'd be silly not to <laughs> right with the idea of, oh you know i'll give it out as gifts or whatever yeah no it all went right down the hopper. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I did to for quitting was just was the water. And at first, I noticed the exact same thing. I'm thinking, man, I'm wasting so much time because I'm peeing everywhere. Yeah, like an hour. Yeah. yeah. Like I, every... I usually do Saskatoon to Atchison without stopping. And yesterday I stopped, uh, pulled out of Saskatoon, stopped in Lloyd, and then stopped in North Battleford, or no, stopped in North Battleford, stopped in Lloyd, and, uh, and then once in Mondaire. I was like, what is this, man? I'm trying to make miles here. But I'll never be the type to, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Use your truck as a bathroom. Never. No, me no. neither. I was parked a couple weeks ago there, in, uh, or last week, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago in uh, South Dakota. And I backed my truck in at night and went to bed. Got up in the morning, get out, do my push-ups, and then just kind of do a little walk around. And I've got to be, I, I'm on my 36, right? Oh, okay, yeah. I look back and there's a milk jug that's yellow. It's sitting behind my truck. I think it was there overnight. I'm not touching it, but I'm also do not want it to look like it's, you. it's yeah. me. So I wait until a couple guys pull out, go on PC, yeah, yeah. move the truck, because yeah. yeah, and and it's just so disgusting. Yeah, no, it is. So speaking of that, you being on your 36, that was your first reset in the truck. Yeah, since you got it. So how now? Because you did your review before you did that. How do you any changes on your on your setup now that you've had to sit in? Do no, I I like it the way it is. I as we we're saying, like the it'd be nicer to have the dinette with the fold down. Yeah, and uh, I my truck didn't have it. I bought it off a lot. If it would have, would have made no difference to me. I, I liked everything else about it. That would make a difference when you're sitting for a longer period of time. Yeah, and just because you've got a kind of a lounge place to sit and i would like to have one swivel chair oh you don't have a swivel in your truck no hmm. one swivel would make a difference yeah yeah because yeah. i find myself when i do reset in my truck which doesn't happen often still spend most of the day sitting up front right <laughs> or sleeping yeah because as soon as i'm back there it's bedtime i wouldn't have a driver's side swivel no because no, you don't really have the right amount of room with the well, they don't make a low base swivel so there, I'm yeah, no, no, I'm the same. So I would have, but I would have a, a pasture side. And, and when I spec trucks, I would always spec pasture side swivels. Some guys would spec both swivels, and I, I hate it because it adds height yeah. to an already tall seat. And it's really useless in the driver's seat position. So pasture side swivel makes sense. When we were talking about the 990s and T880s, that's where their table comes out, which yes. is a nice idea because you can access it from the bed. Yeah. Or from the passenger seat. Yeah, and that's where I was looping around to that uh, we were talking about aero trucks earlier. Do you classify the W990 as an aero truck? Or is that a, a classic remake? It's a cross. So, so I think there almost needs to be three. I don't think we need to add any <laughs> models. Categories? Categories? No. Because uh, okay. right, you go. Your other so if you had classics, which would be your. Uh, 38979 900s Freightliner Classics because it's still a... it's a, right in the name it's classic yeah and and I never used to like them as much as now I do now that they actually are a classic there's one running down uh, down southern Alberta and I know the guy in it is just beautiful not a Freightliner guy at all but wow he's got it all bagged out and flat top on it it's actually almost the same color as your truck oh really yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, continue. Sorry. There'd be your classics or, and 9,900 binder, whatever. They're all, yeah. they got a hood. If it had a pre-emission motor in it at one point, we'll call it a classic. Yeah, and it has to have a hood. Yes. Then there's what I would say is arrow. So T660, 880, 680, uh, P, uh, 579. Yeah. Um, 
what's the other a 386 pete those things can look good done yeah 5700 star uh cascadia volvo i uh, yeah you can cringe but they're in there they're <laughs> yeah, they're, they're aero trucks they are and there's trucks. a ton of them out there yeah and i, I just cringe at them anyway i you know it and you know my hat's off to the guys that go out there there's a few guys on instagram that i've seen that have taken cascadias and made them to where i didn't make the face that you just made and i know no one can see that face but you can imagine yeah and i agree they they can be made to look good there is a few out there that they do look good. Some people just have a good eye about making potential. Yeah. yeah. They can see, oh, okay, well, if you did this, if you did that, then there's other people that just bullshit on and it could be a beautiful 379 and you go, what did you do? Yeah. Like those six inch light bars. Have you seen those that came on recently into a trend? They're like six inch signal light bars. They're underneath like, the, they're like 20 bucks a pop. I've seen one guy that put them on his skirting, took his chicken lights off and replaced them on his skirting, but he went two two levels. And they were offset. If it, it, it might have looked good to him, but me personally, with my OCD, I lost my mind. <laughs> but it's all personal preference. I can't shit on the guy. It totally is. Yeah, he kept it looking good. At the end of the day, he went to the truck show with it, and he won. He went home with something. Yeah. Like, oh, there's people that have like I've I've looked at. I'm not a. I like our cab overs, like I yeah. said. So there'd be another category. Cab overs are a separate category. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then what I would do, the 990 would be in a hybrid. So it'd be 990, the Coronado XL, like the... Yeah, yeah. Because those ones are, they're a hood, but they're not an original. Yeah. There's a, you well, know, Lone Star. See, I'm very torn on Lone Star. I really don't know what to think about it. Well, it's got too much of a hood to be a total arrow. So it's kind of a hybrid. Yeah. Because it's a longer, it's a 132 bumper back cab. It's a hybrid. Yep. See, see, that's why we need a hybrid category. Okay, I'm on board now. Yep, if it doesn't have air cleaners, but it's got a hood, it's a hybrid. Yeah, and then I guess, so you've got, we got four categories. Might as well have a fifth one, which would be vocational. It should be C5, T8, SD Freightliner. Um, I think C5 should just be in its own class itself. That's just the... Well... If you, if you roll a C5 six, out of the yard, you are not fucking around. 6,900. K. Star with yeah. the butterfly hood. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those are good trucks. That's a good trucks. That's a and that's a heavy. Yeah, they'd be in there. Okay, there's vocational. Now we have to add a level to vocational that is above like the, the big boy super trucks. vocational. Yeah, the big boy trucks. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, the other part of that would be like say your T8s, your 4900. Uh, oh, and in classics, you'd have your 4900 low maxes. Those, mm -hmm. but but the 4900 setback axle, or this or the high hood 4900. Those would be in with vocational truck, really. Even yep. though you can get them with a sleeper, it still doesn't really. Yeah, that's true. So. I was did not know what to think about the 990 when it first came out. Now it's starting to grow on me. Where it loses me is its dash. Like, I've sat in one. I haven't drove one, but I've sat in one. There's room. There's hood. I like the hood. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a nice bunk and all that. And like you said, the swivel, that's dandy. Mm -hmm. But, it, yeah, again, it comes down to the dash. Not, not such a fan. And steering wheel controls. Like, I know lots of guys really like steering wheel controls. Like, you said on your review there that, you know, there's, you got yours. I'm not, not a steering wheel control kind of guy. What I think, again, with that is that it should be optional. Yep. So, on the Western Stars, is it like the Kenworth where you can get a normal wheel or a smart wheel? Or is it just like Western Star, you, you get your steering wheel button? 5700 comes that way. Huh. 
4,900, no, you can't get controls as far as I know. Okay. So 4,900 is classic wheel. Yeah. You know, and same with the, the one I think you can get both on is the, the medium duty. Oh, like, yeah. Like what they build in service trucks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And those you can get as big as a, I mean, you can get them in a tractor as well. Yeah. Right. But yeah, you can only get up to the 13 liter in them. And that. Yeah. That setback really stub nose type one. Yeah. Some of them are setback. Then they have a set forwards of 4,800. So it's 4,700 is the one that majority okay. of them are. Yeah. I'm lost on like Western Star number, how they did the, do their numbers. I am so lost. I know if like going down the road, hey, that's a Western Star, but not like you. <laughs> well, the EX is obviously extended hood. Yeah. And there is actually no low max anymore, but it's just a package. Oh, okay. See, so it's basically that it's like the car hauler package on a 4900 EX or just a 4900 FA, which is forward axle, oh. SA, setback axle. Yeah. Oh, okay. See? SX is a setback axle with a high hood. Oh. Huh. I'm going to have to walk around a Western Star dealership here. See that? That's dangerous, though. <laughs> like, that one in Atchison's got that red Lomax, even though yeah. you just sit there on a Lomax. That's uh, a sharp-looking truck. Yeah, and that one might still be a Lomax in a couple of years, because that one's a used one. 16 or something yeah. like that, isn't it? There's not a lot of miles on it or anything. No, it's, nice. it's it looks like it's new, but then I just found it on Kijiji. I I went back and forth when I bought this one. So I went back and forth between the 5700 or going with the classic 4900 long hood. Yeah. Um, and there was a a 4900 long hood with uh, super 40s, 18 speed, uh, red frame, Cummins, and back window in it actually in the bunk. Somebody spec'd it out and didn't take it. Okay. It's a nice. It's a nice truck. 22.5 rubber and everything on it. I just decided I wanted 46s and decided I wanted the fuel economy of having the of having the aero truck. So when we were talking about all the categories, top of my category for aero trucks for looks wise, that was the truck is a 5700 as far as ones you can buy today. I'd have to agree with you. If, if the 990 is not in the aero, yeah. then yeah, I would I would agree that and when they first came out, I thought they were just ugly, but they've grown on me more and more every time I see one and they come out with, you know, better colors and now guys are putting bumpers on them and stuff and they can look really good. Yeah. I've also started noticing a lot more guys doing like the, I think it's the 587 for Pete's. 579. Yeah. The 579. Okay. Um, doing those up and I would almost be tempted, almost be tempted because you bag those out. Put some eight inch on. Oh, that's the one thing too that they've got over all the other aero trucks, except for the Kenworth, because you can get it on the Kenworth too. Is that you can still get B pillar exhaust. Okay. So on the Star, you can, but it's a big add. Yeah. You you have to you have to factory order. And I was really surprised when I heard that you bought your truck off the lot. Just so you know, I was very surprised. Well. In all honesty, I was I was going back and forth between used and new. Okay, yeah. But like two, three year old used. Yeah. Not and like I me. <laughs> well, just I wanted I wanted warranty. I knew that, and I knew I could get a good deal on a two or three year old truck mm -hmm. that was either fresh off a lease or you know a trade in or there was a few out there, fairly low clicks, still had some factory warranty, and I was even actually dealing on. Uh, dealing on one and went back and forth. It was a T8 
and MX, which I wasn't crazy about. I would rather have the X15 than the MX, but that's just, and I have no experience, no bad experience with an MX13. It's just, I don't know it. And I wanted a, I wanted to, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted the bigger motor. I didn't really want a 13 liter. I wanted to, I wanted to have bigger power in case I wanted bigger power. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have experience with the Packard personally. I haven't heard many good things about them. I've heard that they get really good fuel mileage. One buddy of mine just bought one in a three, what do they call them now? Five something like that. No, three, a 389. 389, yeah. Uh, a long hood, 389. And he says he loves it. But he's like, he, he was straight up said it's lacking its power. But, um, the, but compared to the X15, I personally I have ran one of those. And I was on Antler Hill with a loaded set of Super Bs. And I came up behind a Tridem dry van and geared down, waited for a car to pass me, like match the guy's speed, car passed, and I was put my foot back into it. And I was surprised. I was like, oh, holy shit. Okay, signal on. Here we go. And yeah, pulled out, went around him. Don't know what I was getting for fuel mileage because I wasn't my truck, didn't yeah. really care, but impressive on the power side. Well, and I've heard good things about the X15. And I, I liked my, it, like full disclosure, my ISXs were good. Yeah. I know lots of people that had issues and that's what scared me about buying another one. And then, but then I know people who have X 15s have had excellent luck with them and that the, the power is good. You know, I, I wouldn't have hesitated. That wasn't what kept me out of the 4,900. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think if I was going with a new truck, that would be where, where I would go is the X 15. They've made a lot of good changes. Like even, uh, again, this is through hearsay, but, Apparently, like the DPF filters are like half the price of the old, of ones, the old ones of the ISX. Hmm. Well, I, I I know what I know for a fact is like with with the dad's trucks with the ones that they had, the X15s that they had were that were set at 500, 1850. They had just about like no problems with them, and they were pulling really really well, even set at 500 horse. The 565s, they had some of the earliest ones too. And the 565s were, they ended up having a little bit of issue with them. And I think maybe because they weren't working them hard enough. Okay. That they were having a little bit of issue with that. But the the other thing I know about it is that if you buy the 500, which is the efficiency series, because they have the two series now. Yeah, the efficiency and the power series. Yeah, yeah. basically performance and efficiency. The warranty on the efficiency series is half the price. Makes sense. Because your performance one is like they're coming out of the factory at six fifteen and twenty three fifty. Uh, well, they start at anything over five hundred. Okay. Is performance? Series. I know the one I ran was was six fifteen. I don't know the torque. I just remember that it was the. I think their twenty fifty is still the biggest. Really? Yeah. Mm. But it's a they they work. Yeah. Like, there's there's twenty fifty and then there's twenty fifty. That's. Yeah, I think I had the, that ISX that I had in a orange truck was it was five fifty, but I'm but the twenty fifty torque. I want to say twenty one fifty, but I might be out to lunch. They're twenty fifty in those years. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I liked it. I didn't have any problem with it. But the guys that I went on specment, the salesman's like, oh, what? "Why don't we just we usually six hundred? I was like, "No, no five fifty horsepower is how fast you hit the wall. Torque's how far you take the wall." Mm-hmm. So. Well, my, when I had my Titan, it was a 20, 
they were a 21 and whatever yeah big torque and when i first bought it it was set at 565 not 605 mm -hmm. but big torque and so there was different engine ratings there too the one was a uh it was a 565 pam which is maxi dyne mac has all these different things and then there's maxi cruise which is more like the on and off road and then econodyne is like economy obviously yeah west can yeah maxi dyne is pulls hard higher rpm and the biggest maxi dyne you can get was 565 with the big torque and the only way to get the 605 was to go to the maxi cruise and so i got the truck ran it for a few weeks at 565 before i could get back to 605 in the bush the way that truck was set up i would say that the truck pulled better as a 565 than it is 605. And you notice a difference in your mileage at all it was too early on didn't get enough time with it yeah to really tell the difference and then i left it at 605 and and it pulled good at 605 like okay, dude yeah. like don't get me wrong there that thing pulled like unreal um probably the best pulling truck i've ever owned and maybe that's just because it's when i first got it but yeah. it felt it felt totally different like when they put the other program in it it just the, the one way was snappier than the other and then i've heard lots of guys so say that with the isx and the x15 that you are better off the lower horsepower and the higher torque i i would definitely um agree with the isx from my experience i can't can't say on the x15 because i only drove one for like two weeks but mm -hmm. i enjoyed enjoyed it while i drove it i haven't yeah i haven't driven one yet hope to but yeah well, you just gotta buy a truck one in it right <laughs> just gotta buy another truck yeah just it? gotta buy another truck it's fine no big deal they make wiring harnesses too you could just swap it out oh yeah i know a guy i know just uh put a six nz and uh took his isx out yeah that is a beautiful truck w9l studio punk <laughs> gorgeous just about new with an isx yeah i think his was a 20 i'd say 2010 oh yeah 12. that's a good reason to get rid of right that 2250 bucks garbage yeah just garbage you've been listening to the semi-crazy podcast if you enjoyed it please subscribe you can find me on instagram luke dirk phillips and you can find me on Instagram, Semi Crazy Inc., and on Facebook, Semi Crazy Truck Pictures. Thanks for listening.